What's up? It is Tracy Jackson, also known as the Spiritual Cheerleader, coming to you live with your weekly pep. Welcome to episode 38 of Weekly Pep. This week's episode is entitled New Life. Um, I have been really uh, focused this week, um, given the fact that uh, Easter uh, <laughs> is, you know, happening. I've been so focused on this idea of resurrection and rebirth, new life, um, all of this. Um, I mean, the fact that, you know, an entire religion is centered around this idea of a rebirth um, in a way or a new life coming into being um, is is something that obviously has shaped the course of my, um, really my entire life. Like if I really go back and look at it, um, because I, I always felt this intense, um, connection to Jesus as a figure, as a central figure. Um, I, I used to tell people that, you know, or think in my head that the fact that, you know, my mother would say, oh yeah, you were born on a Sunday. I was like, oh my God, like I'm born on a Sunday. Jesus <laughs> was basically reborn on a Sunday. Like we are kindred spirits. Like in my head, I, you know, when I was little, I thought that meant something, you know, that I was born on a Sunday. Jesus was born on a Sunday. And obviously, um, I do still feel like that means something. Um, I have a very, very intense connection with Jesus. Um, like, you know, they had those shirts back in the day that was like, Jesus is my homeboy. Like me and Jesus really are like, I really feel like we are BFFs. Um, I, because he's just been so central into my, in my life. And um, because of that, you know, I, I do feel like um, a lot of people use, uh, use him uh, to skew things negatively um, and they attribute uh, certain thoughts or words to him that I personally don't feel um, he taught or agreed with. Um, but, um, because I, you know, the whole idea and concept of Jesus to me did not have room for, um, fear. There was no fear in any of his teachings. There was no, um, in my eyes, there was no like closed mindedness to him. He was very, very open-minded. And to me, that's why he was crucified. I mean, you know, we could go back even further and and say, you know, um, that obviously this was a prophecy um, that he was the sacrificial lamb, uh, as the as it were. Um, you know, it's very very interesting too that um, Easter and Passover uh, typically are very, very close in time period. They're, they're very close, um, in happening. Obviously, uh, when Jesus was, um, was about to be crucified, Passover was happening at that time. And for, you know, many that may not be familiar with the whole act of Passover, um, it is a, it's something that was, was spoken about, um, 
and came about really from uh, the time of Moses. Uh, there was obviously, um, if anybody's seen <laughs> the Moses movie with Charlton Heston, I mean, it's very clearly um, spoken about in that, but the whole act of the Passover was uh, the one of the last um, signs and wonders that that uh, God, you know, basically did to uh, encourage Pharaoh to let the Israelites go. Obviously, the Israelites had been enslaved by the Egyptians for um, you know years, hundreds of years, um, you know, so so many years that in fact that um, the relationship between the Egyptians and the Israelites had had gone from kind of a mutually beneficial relationship because. Um, and I, I'm, I'm really getting into history here, guys. And, um, you know, obviously this is going to be more of a teaching, teaching, um, podcast than anything, but, um, going, going back in our Bible, obviously, uh, the first five books of the Bible or are the, um, they match up to the Torah, uh, the Jewish Torah and in Genesis, we hear about Joseph, uh, who is sold into slavery. He sold to the, um, Egyptians and, um, he, he, he ends up rising in the ranks for the Egyptian Pharaoh because he's able to interpret, um, the Egyptian Pharaoh's dreams. Lo and behold, uh, his brothers come, uh, looking for food they are Israelites. He's, you know, over the granaries and everything. And long story short, he ends up saving his people, the Israelites, because he's able to grant them food and shelter and all this stuff. So there was this cohesive, very mutually beneficial relationship between the Egyptians and the Israelites at that time while Joseph was alive. Obviously, Joseph passed. Um, Several pharaohs came after, and next thing you know, the Israelites are enslaved. Um, enter in, uh, you know, uh, this pharaoh who um, wants to kill all the Israelite babies. And obviously, um, you know, this mother has, Israelite mother, mother, wants to save her child. So she sends her child in a reed basket down the river, um, basically right into the Egyptian Pharaoh daughter's, um, you know, little, little, it's not a swimming pool, but her little, her area. Um, and she sends her, her older daughter to watch over this reed basket, um, such that when the Pharaoh's daughter picks the babe up, she says, oh, you know, I know someone who can nurse the babe for you. And basically the, the that was Miriam, the baby was Moses. And basically they, they, the, the woman that nurses Moses is his mother, but none of this is really known by Pharaoh's daughter. Well, obviously at in the course of these years, the Israelites become enslaved. Um, they, you know, the, there's a breakdown in the system um, and they 
they literally are, um, you know, suffering at the hands of Pharaoh. And there's this whole idea of, um, you know, Moses, Moses, you know, rises up in the ranks as a child of, uh, you know, an Egyptian Pharaoh's daughter. And he's treated as if he is Egyptian, but he ends up discovering he's an Israelite. He then kind of renounces his claim to the throne and then goes out into the wilderness, um, you know, basically goes through the burning bush, all of these things. Right. Um, but, God told him to go and plead with Pharaoh to let the people go, let the, the Egypt, let the Israelite slaves go. Um, obviously Pharaoh, very stubborn, very hard hearted, um, wouldn't do it. There were several (laughs) plagues and things that were sent, uh, to Pharaoh to let the people go, wouldn't do it. Finally, God says, I'm going to send my spirit out. It's going to kill the firstborn. Unless the lamb, the sacrificial lamb, the lamb is slaughtered and you put the lamb's blood on the on the post of the doors, like at the top and on the sides. Right. And so this is basically um, the spirit, you know, would see see the blood on the post and would pass over that house. Right. Passover. Ha. Okay, so Jesus ends up becoming the sacrificial lamb. He ends up being the reason that collectively his followers are passed over, um, for, you know, the way of sin, you know, uh, you know, the, of course in the Bible, it says the wages of sin is death. So obviously in order to be saved, Jesus gives himself up and becomes the sacrifice. And, um, he, but he ends up standing in for the Passover lamb. He is the sacrificial lamb. That's where we get those metaphors and, and those names for Jesus. So gosh, I've spent 10 minutes on that. (laughs) Sorry. Um, but I wanted to kind of give you a context of where we are right now with Jesus and why I'm feeling this so much. Um, You know, this whole idea of sacrifice, this whole idea of death and resurrection has been something that's really been on my heart, on my mind, because I feel that um, and I've I've done a couple of um, I did a post on it. I did like a little uh, video on it yesterday and like I'm deep diving into it now, but I feel like we, we really don't focus on the symbolism of this whole event and how we can internalize what Jesus went through to make, to, to use as a, as a tool or as an example of how we can live our own lives. Obviously, You know, um, Jesus was born and there was a promise on him that he, you know, would come and and basically save the world. He would he would do something that would um, that would be, you know, so amazing that he would, you know, he would save us, you know, and that promise is there for all of us. Right. 
Um, it's there for us because of who we are. We are all sons of God, just like Jesus was the son of God. Um, as you know, um, the, the, a course in miracles says we're all sons of God. We all have this wonderful birthright to, um, you know, have these, uh, the inheritance, um, just as Jesus did that, that, you know, we're entitled to. Um, but we have to believe obviously that that is our birthright. That was one thing that Jesus never doubted. Right. Um, if you think about it, like, um, we see Jesus at age 13, he's in the temple. He's been, you know, he, he didn't leave with his parents. They were looking for him. They were like, where's Jesus? They go back and they find him in the temple. And he's like, what, why were y'all worried? Don't you know I'm about my father's business? Like he knew who he was from a young age. He knew what he was here about. He knew the promise on his life. And that's something that we need to um, really internalize and really recognize for ourselves. We need to recognize that God has promised us that same new life, right? Um, but here's the thing. Jesus knew, I, yeah, I, I'm going to have this new life, but, you know, um, I need to, I need to like prepare myself. I need to prepare myself for what's coming, right? Um, and the preparation period that Jesus has was the, was the 40 days that he was out in the wilderness, in the desert, where the devil tempted him. You know, if you say you're the son of God, you know, jump off of this and 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 let the angels catch you. If you say that you're the son of God, turn this stone into bread. If you say you're the son of God, you know, do these things. And Jesus withstood the temptation. He withstood the temptation. And and we're going to face temptation on our journey. Right. But we have to withstand knowing and focusing on the promise. Right. Um, we we can't allow it to sway us. Right. We can't allow it to to move us off our path. And we might have to, you know, we might have to die to some of our old beliefs, our old identities, our old ways of being in order to move forward to that promise. And Jesus recognized that he recognized that I might have to die to myself. I might have to change who I am. I'm not change in that sense, but I might have to let go of what doesn't serve me right now. Right. And, and the perfect example of him letting go of this was when he was in the garden of Gethsemane and he prays and says, you know, Lord, please take this cup away from me right? He, please take this cup away from me. I don't, I mean, literally in the Bible, it says that his sweat was like blood um, because he was so, you know, tortured um, about this. He knew he needed to die to self, He, but he was doubting. He was doubting like, like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can give this up. I don't, I don't know if I can be this, but then what did he do? He surrendered. <laughs> the next thing, he surrendered to a power that was higher than him. And he surrendered when he said, but 
not my will, but thy will be done. And that's one thing that we have to do as well. We have to recognize that it's not, it's really not about us. It's really not about what we're going through or what we're doing. It's about this higher power that's out there um, that can, can use us for, for purposes of saving the world, right? And, you know, Jesus trusted. He trusted in that divine promise. He trusted that God knew what was better than he knew because even Jesus having all power, all power in his hands, because remember now, Jesus was one of the three who created the world um, based on, you know, the way the Bible is interpreted when it says, you know, um, in the, in the beginning, you know, let, we say, let there be light or whatever. It's, it's kind of assuming that the father, son, and Holy ghost are all there creating at the same time. Jesus knew it all just as much as, you know, God knew it all. That's why Jesus knew what he had to do. Right. But he he trusted. He trusted that that God was not telling him that this was something he needed to do for no reason. He trusted in that. He believed in that. And, you know, even even knowing, even knowing and having this belief, he still, you know, he had his doubts and he had his but he trusted and if he can trust them, we've got to trust, right? He knew and he doubted, right? So um, it's okay that we don't know and we doubt, right? Um, the, the thing is, that's what faith is all about. And that's why the Bible, you know, pushes that, that point home of faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. It, if, it's not faith if we can see it. I'm not, I'm not trusting in a power greater than me. If I, if I know what's happening, I, I like, I have to have faith. I have to, you know, have that belief. So until we, you know, die to self, until we, you know, recognize that there's this huge promise on our lives, until we let go of the doubts, until we surrender and trust, we can't have the new life. We can't have the transformation. You know, um, it's uh, the metaphor of the phoenix. The phoenix, you know, is this mythological bird who dies but then is reborn. You've got to go through the death in order to have the rebirth. You can't just have the rebirth, you know. We can't just come back anew, you know. In order to have that new life, We've got to let go. We've got to let go of some of the parts of us that aren't working. We've got to let go of the things that don't feel um, that don't feel authentic to us anymore. We've got to let go of, you know, um, the, the need to feel like we have to be a certain thing or a certain person. We've got to let go of, you know, feeling like, um, we we have to please other people. We have to let go of all of that to have the new life. You know, Jesus he he didn't he didn't want you know um, 
he didn't, he wasn't, he wasn't trying to be something for somebody. I mean, that's why whenever, you know, people challenged him and things like that, he, he wouldn't shrink back. He never shrank back. I mean, from 13, he's telling his parents, I'm about my father's business. You know what I'm saying? When people said, oh, you know, you're weird. You're calling yourself the son of God. He was like, oh, ye hypocrites. Like he was not, he literally, he was like not caring what people thought of him. He was going to say his truth and speak his truth because that's who he was as a person. And that's something that we have to do. We have to speak our truth. We have to share our truth. We can't be concerned with the fact that somebody might think, oh, she's crazy or uh, that's not going to work or whatever. Like we have to say what's on our minds. That's why we're authentic. That's why, you know, we are able to move forward um, in the way that we're able to move forward. So, you know, this idea of, of new life, the new life is promised to all of us, right? It, we have to recognize the promise. We have to die to our old ways of being, our old beliefs, our old identities, things that don't serve us anymore. We have to release doubt, release doubt and fear because they, they are not going to serve us. They just try to take us off our course, just like the devil tried to take Jesus off of his course. Then we have to surrender, surrender and say, you know what? Not my will, but thy will. And we have to trust. We have to trust that the promise is going to be fulfilled. We have to trust in that. Then finally we get the new life. So I, um, <laughs> I hope that this, this podcast really helped you guys. Um, and for nothing else to give you a little bit of history on, <laughs> <laughs> on biblical stories and teachings um, to help you understand uh, Passover and Easter and um, all of those things and how to necessarily internalize some of the the teachings of, you know, and the sim symbolism behind Passover and Easter into your life. Um I, I literally could not turn this one loose this week um, as much as I really was like, oh, what else can I talk about? What else can I talk about? And I, I went to um, my cards to help me know, like, what do I need to sh what do I need to share? Um, and this is not necessarily um, a topic that, you know, I don't know if anybody wants to hear this, but guess what? I just put it out there and I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, actually release it. And hopefully at some point in time, it will help somebody, um, to hear this message, um, and to recognize that new life is promised to you. Um, it, it's, it's something that's on my heart. It's something that, like I said, I felt called to, and I had to share it. That's my truth. That's me being authentic. Um, it may not please many people, but that's not what I'm in the business to do. I'm not in the business to please people. I'm in the business to speak the truth. So hope you have a wonderful week this week and um, happy Easter. Uh, a little bit late to those of you um, listening to this and I will talk to you guys next week. Bye bye.